Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I am your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me I have a special guest, Nate Wright. He is the pastor at Memorial Bible, and uh, he's been here at the church for the last half hour or so, and uh, we've just been having a hoot talking and catching up. So, Nate, thank you so much for, for coming in. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm 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 shocked that you would have me on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I appreciate Nate. I appreciate uh, uh, the staff over at Memorial. Mm, Zach, mm-hmm. the worship the worship yes. pastor there. Um, I, I'm so excited about the ministry that's happening over at at Memorial. So, um, thanks again for for coming in. No, it's a privilege to be here. Nate, um, a lot of people may not know who you are, um, and you know, what's going on at Memorial. Mm -hmm. Could you just give us a few, uh, details about yourself personally? And then what's, what's, what's going on there? What are you preaching through? What are you uh, teaching on? What's, what's going on there? Well, I'll just start with this. I have been married to my wife Shasta for 19 years. Okay. I have four children, three daughters, Cambria, Cosette and Charlotte, and one son, Titus. Okay. So a busy family, yeah. enjoying life. It's a good season for us. Yeah. And I grew up in Southern California. Okay. I lived there almost exclusively. And uh, yeah, so I moved up here nearly six years ago. Okay. And that's how long I've been at Memorial Bible Church serving there, which has been a tremendous privilege. I've enjoyed yeah. it immensely. Yeah. And uh, currently we're going through Matthew. Okay. We started at the beginning of December, and as Pastor Matt said, uh, we may get to chapter 27 in between five to 10 years, yeah. so we don't know. I mean, yeah. we're expositional preaching people. Yeah. It's the way to go, and yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that during this yeah. podcast, but yeah, yeah. so going through Matthew, okay. and then uh, as a staff, we're reading a book by Matthew Barrett. It's called None Greater, Okay. and it talks about the attributes of God, okay. and it is a challenging book. Okay. It is an excellent book, and I highly recommend it to anyone, but just know it's at some points in the book, it is like plowing through concrete. Yeah. It is yeah. very heady. Yeah. And then uh, at Memorial Bible Church, we have um, books of the month or a book of the month. Okay. And yeah. uh, this month, it was designed uh, for joy. Okay. And it's talking about biblical manhood and womanhood okay. put out by Desiring God. Okay. And then next month, we have a book by Fred Sanders on the Trinity. Okay. And uh, so that will be another very intellectual read for our people. But again, trying to challenge people with the truth and uh, helping them know in far greater detail, according to the scriptures, who God is. Yeah. 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 That's, that's heavy stuff when you start getting into the Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we read books by other people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's wonderful. Yeah. And you guys have, you guys have a podcast that we were just talking about uh, called In the the Know. In the Know. And uh, yeah, we usually do ours on Wednesdays. Okay. Okay. And uh, we're currently, or we actually just began last week, a series on elders and who should be an elder in the local church. There seems to be a lot of confusion over something that seems very um, basic when you read the scriptures. But we live in a day and age where scripture is not the highest authority or the final authority for what we believe and how we live. So we want to inform and form our people with the scriptures concerning who should be an elder in the local church. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Church, I, I would highly recommend uh, listening to In the Know. I was, uh, I've been listening to a couple of their podcasts and super encouraged by it. Good, um, very good. Yeah, and I. Uh, it is a good time. It is. These are. This is yeah. a great way to get truth out. Yeah. To not only believers but unbelievers. Yeah. And you guys have a you guys have a good time on your podcast. We it's, it we do. Like, yeah. We, yeah. we have a great time, and there's a lot of things that's even in here going on behind the scenes that, yeah. of course, we laugh at that yeah. nobody knows is going on. Yeah. So yeah. it is a good time. Yeah. So Nate, um, how does how does uh, how does the gospel shape your ministry over at Memorial Bible? Well, first of all, let me say this. I hope it shapes every aspect of our ministry <laughs> yeah. at Memorial yeah. Bible Church. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's my hope for Memorial Bible Church, whether yeah. it's children's ministry, youth ministry, young adults, ministry to women, ministry to men, ministry to our entire congregation. I hope that it is all shaped. Right. It's all formed by the right. good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And to ensure that that takes place, obviously, by the grace of God, is the teaching of God's word. Yeah. I mean, that's where it needs to start. That's where it needs to end. Yeah. And we at Memorial Bible Church really hope that the word of God would be taught soundly and robustly yeah. in all areas of MBC. Yeah. And that's a challenge. Right. There's always a desire, I think, for self-promotion mm-hmm. rather than promotion of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there is a tendency... F- to preach that which would glorify man rather than glorify Christ. Mm. It's so easy to become man-centric rather than God-centric in the local church. And that's where I think, going back to what I said earlier, the importance of elders in the local church and seeing what's going on and having a pulse of the church and is the good news of Jesus Christ shaping everything we do here. And not just what we teach. I also think... I would say to expand it further, our methodology. Mm-hmm. Why do we do what we do? Right. Is it to advance the gospel or is it to advance our agenda or to make much of ourselves? Right. right. So, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a difficult thing to do. <laughs> it, it, okay, I would say this. It seems simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it is obvious. Yeah. At least we would say it is. Yeah. But yet, it's a constant battle. Yeah. Because we got to remember the people who are leading the ministries in the church, the pastors and the elders, we are prone to sin. Right. So, and if we're prone to sin, then our people, we know they're prone to sin. Man, who's going to prevent something other than the gospel from shaping the ministries of the local church? And only by the grace of God. And thank God for his grace and his mercy towards us. And that he continues to empower us by his spirit. Yeah. To have gospel shaped or gospel formed ministry taking place in the local church. Yeah. So yeah. Amen. If it was dependent on us, Jeremy, yeah. <laughs> the gospel would have left the local church a long time yeah. ago. Yes. So Amen. praise God for what he's doing Amen. in both of our churches and in other churches throughout the valley. Yeah. So you guys your all your pastoral staff, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. is out of from out of town. You guys aren't are you born from here? I'm not. I'm from okay. Southern California. Okay. Re-listen to the podcast and you'll yes. learn that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Matt Cobb. Yes. Associate pastor. Yes. He is from Oklahoma. Okay. And then Zach Clark, who you mentioned earlier, yes. originally is from Colorado, okay. but he came to Memorial Bible Church from the west side. Okay. And then children's pastor, Brian Elliott, 
and youth pastor Jeff Kearns Jeff are Kearns. local. Yes, okay. they are local. Okay. So, but they Brian Elliott actually was attending Memorial Bible Church before he became the children's pastor. Okay. And then Jeff Kearns grew up at Memorial Bible Church. Okay. Then became a youth pastor at Highland Church yes, in Tyatin. That's right. And now, that's right. By the grace of God, and yeah. we are very thankful for the grace of God in this area, yeah. that Jeff is back at NBC. That's, yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So have you, uh, have you noticed any difficulty coming from the outside into a church that's, you know, it's a, it's a rural church. You know, mm. Yakima is a rural area. Um, have you had any difficulties being an outsider working into the church here? I know that might be a personal question. No, but. no, that's a great question. Um, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> now, if you talk to people from the congregation, sure. they would go, man, I don't know what these illustrations are. He uses city yeah. illustrations. But that's one of the, been the joys of me yeah. for, in teaching in a rural setting is yeah. I use a, many more illustrations here that I would not have used in Southern California sure. based on people's understandings, sure. primarily when it comes to um, orchards. Yeah. Growing vegetation here, yeah. people have a great understanding of that. Sure. If I did that in Southern California, it would it'd be a different yeah. story. Not generally <laughs> sure. speaking. Sure. Generally speaking. Sure. So it's, yeah, it yeah. has been fascinating that yeah. way. Also, a lot of uh, more illustrations I would say concerning the outdoors. Mm-hmm. People are outdoors more often here, mm-hmm. and we're in uh, I, I guess you would say more empty spaces, mm-hmm. which is beautiful yeah. and wonderful. So, and also personally, sometimes you use personal illustrations. Since I'm out, I live near the river yeah. in Natchez, and I absolutely love it. So there's more illustrations yeah. that way that the people can relate to. Sure. So, not that I'm aware of, yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, you might have to talk to someone else, and they go, yeah, this guy, you yeah. know. <laughs> I did have one time, I'll say this, someone say, you dress like you're from the city or Southern California. So I, I think I've changed. I mean, yeah. look at me now. I think I fit the part. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say, and hopefully this is true, I've adapted to here sure. rather than the people of MBDC adapting to me. Sure. I would hope. Yeah. And I think that's what any senior pastor should do when yeah. they move to a, a new area of the United States. Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was reading through your guys' uh, statement of faith or, or what you guys believe, and I noticed that we're pretty similar mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. on most things. Um, how does the gospel fluidity, how does that create unity mm. between us? You know, we may not agree on every aspect of our doctrine, but yeah. the core yeah. doctrines. The core, the essential doctrines, yeah. and more yeah. than the essentials. Yeah. Um, I would say this, before we even go down this trail is we lack doctrinal clarity Mm. in the church today. So one thing I appreciate about Sun Valley is you have doctrinal clarity. Mm -hmm. People know where you stand. Some churches, you can't even find a doctrinal statement on their website. Mm -hmm. I mean, they hide it. They don't want you to know. You have no idea the stances they're taking. Um, I'd also say, and we don't have a corner on this, Sun Valley or Memorial Bible Church, but you want doctrinal purity. Right. So you want doctrinal clarity, you want doctrinal purity, but you also want methodology to reflect your doctrine. Mm-hmm. I think some churches can put out the standard doctrinal statement and it looks sure. good, but sure. then when you actually go to the sure. church yep. and see yep. how they're ministering, yep. it doesn't seem to connect with the doctrine that they presented in their statement. Yep. So doctrinal clarity, doctrinal purity, methodology based off doctrine and... I would say 
I struggle in the church today because so many people say we need to be unified with this church or yeah. this church sure. or this church. Sure. And I, I hear that. Yeah. I long for that. But if a church is taking a different doctrinal stance, especially concerning the essentials of the Christian faith, mm-hmm. um, I feel a burden not to unite with that church. Right. Because I don't want to say my fear, but my struggle is that what they teach or what they preach that it, I believe is contrary to the scriptures, especially the essentials of the Christian faith, I don't want that pervading into sure. the, our flock. Sure, I don't want that to sure. permeate the congregation. Sure. So there's a part of the pastor or role of the pastor that is difficult that mm-hmm. most people forget about, and that's protecting the flock. Right. And I'm not going to unify or unite with another church for unity's sake yeah. and destroy the gospel. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, well, you think about when Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. It doesn't take much. Like, it's not going to no. come out like a huge bulldozer yeah. and wreck the crew, but it's it just takes a little bit of leaven. Yeah. Pastor Matt uses a great illustration of Memorial Bible Church where we can be just slightly off. Sure. But in 10 years, if you follow that line that's sure. slightly off, you're going to be way over here. Yeah. And sadly, we know from our experience that many churches have started slightly off. Actually, maybe they didn't even start slightly off. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were holding to the essentials of the Christian faith strongly mm-hmm. with courage, but slowly but surely that began to erode. Mm-hmm. They were slightly off, and now they're completely off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing that we love to talk about, and as you guys love to talk about, is <laughs> the doctrines of grace. Yeah. I was looking forward to this. Yeah. <laughs> the doctrines of grace. Not, yeah. not most people love talking about the doctrines of grace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but but this is something that we hold dear to our hearts, as, mm-hmm. as do you mm-hmm. guys. Um, why, why is this so difficult to talk about in modern evangelicalism mm. today? Why is the doctrines of grace so frowned upon? Because most people in evangelicalism don't think doctrine matters. Mm. They really don't. Yeah. They would say, forget the doctrine. Yeah. Let's just be unified. Yep. But again, you can't have true, genuine unity unless you have doctrinal unity. Yeah. So what we believe matters. Yeah. It matters greatly. And going back to your question, yeah. So if doctrine doesn't matter, why would you even talk about total depravity or unconditional election? I also think part of the issue is this. People who hold to the doctrines of grace maybe have not been the best at presenting them. Yeah. I think those who hold the doctrines of grace sometimes overemphasize systematic teaching of the tulip rather than just expositionally (laughs) preaching the word of God and allowing to come through the scriptures. And I think um, if churches who hold to the doctrines of grace just taught verse by verse through books of the Bible, I think by the grace of God, the Spirit of God will illuminate the truth, and people will come to understand, rather than getting in this arguing about, here's unconditional... I mean, mean, sometimes you have to take a stand, and maybe you need to present it systematically. I'm not saying all systematic teaching is wrong. Yeah. I think systematic teaching can be great. It has its place in the church. But again, just 
let the scripture speak. Yeah. Just let it come out from the text. Yeah. I don't think we need to force it as often as we do yeah. for those churches who hold to the doctrines of grace. Yeah. I think the other thing about what makes it so difficult is tulip or the doctrines of grace fly in the face of man's arrogance. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world where we think we're good. I mean, yeah. right? And yeah. because we yep. think we're good, we make much of ourselves yep. and we think we are capable of anything. I mean, how many commercials You're do right. you see that you can do anything you want to do? No, you can't. <laughs> that is a lie, but we love it. Right. It tickles our ears. It's like, yes, I can do this. I can pull myself up yeah. by my bootstraps and I can accomplish anything I put my mind to. Right. And the sad thing is people believe that, and then in 10 years, they realize they were sold a bill of goods. Right. It doesn't work. Right. So, I mean, you just think of the first one, total depravity. Yeah. I mean, we are completely dead in our sin, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Yeah. And yet, so many churches today say, you're a good person. Yeah. Well, first of all, what does that even mean, Jeremy? You're a good person. I mean, who's who's making the standard yeah, when right. we say that? Who's right. defining the terms? And of course, we can always say we're good by comparing ourselves to someone we consider yep. worse. Yep. So total depravity, I mean, it's got to start there. Yeah. Because if you don't believe you're dead in your sin, then you can believe that, well, I can save myself. Or because I'm a good person, naturally, of course, I'll be granted eternal life yeah. by God. I'm justified before yeah. him by my goodness. And I think that's still that's still even a struggle for people who believe in the doctrines of grace, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we can go, well, at least yeah. I didn't sin like yeah, that yeah. Oh, person. I mean, we love to compare ourselves right. to everyone else except for Jesus. Right. Yeah. And yet he's the standard. Right. We look at him and in light of him, of course, we all realize that we are far more wicked than we think. Yeah. So, yeah. The doctrines of grace are beautiful. Yes. They're wonderful. They need to be made known. But I believe the best way to do that is expositionally Amen. by walking through the scriptures. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Bringing up that that first point when you answer this question of of you know the way we present this can mm-hmm. be can mm-hmm. be such a way that is is dishonoring to God actually in, mm-hmm. in how we even mm-hmm. present it. And I think I, I read it from Vodi Bakum. I think. He said that that if we are truly Calvinists, we should be the most humble people on earth mm. because we mm-hmm. understand where we stand before God, and the way we present ourselves should be humility and yeah. not arrogance. Well, here's the issue. I think people get really excited when they discover the doctrines of grace by God's grace. Yeah. yeah. And they're thrilled about these doctrines that are so treasured by the local church and the church worldwide. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, they're in their excitement, they enter into what we call the cage stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And they become <laughs> so fiercely passionate about right. these doctrines that they forget that they were once dead in sin, right. and they didn't know the truth, yeah. they didn't understand the truth, they didn't believe the truth, they didn't love and cherish the truth, and yet they're forcing it now down other people's yeah. throats who, they're blind, yeah. they, they can't see it, they're deaf, they can't hear it, and yeah. that's where, of course, we need the regenerating work of the Spirit. Yeah to be at work in those people's lives. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I. so when I think of the tulip, I, I enjoy how it's laid out systematically. Mm-hmm. But again, my fear is when you just teach it systematically, rather than teaching verse by verse and letting this, the scripture speak, yeah. that you immediately turn people off from those doctrines. Yeah. And it becomes, well, reform. And we start using terms that people aren't even familiar with today. Right. I think some people in the church are like, I don't, 
I'm not looking for a system. Just, just give me truth. And they don't understand there's truth in the system. Right. But I think, again, the authority is not the system. Right. The authority is the word of God. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Um, we had we had Pastor James Barbalitos on last oh, week. Oh, excellent! From, from Atanum, yeah. um, and I asked him this question. I want to ask this to you as well. What's what's one core doctrine that has sustained you through your time in ministry at Memorial? Or yeah, at Memorial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for you personally, and then as a church as a whole. This was the most difficult question you gave me because <laughs> I was just thinking. I've been in ministry, I think, over fifteen years now. Okay, and. Okay. Um, what doctrine has sustained me? And I would say this, there's been different doctrines that have sustained me at different times. Mm-hmm. But I would say lately, the doctrine that I find to be the most encouraging to be is the return of Christ. Okay. And this okay. is why I would say that. Awesome. There are great joys in ministry. Yeah. When you see people, by the grace of God, being saved through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, we are exhilarated. Yeah. When you see people publicly proclaim their faith in Christ in baptism, it's thrilling. Yeah. And we have those moments where people are convicted by the teaching of God's word. Yeah. And they're encouraged and they're comforted. And, and those are beautiful, wonderful moments we never want to take for granted. But the return of Christ reminds me something far better is going to take mm. place. So there is yeah. something far greater that we will experience in the future. Yeah. On the other side, there are many difficulties in ministry. There's my own sin that mm-hmm. I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. And then I'm coming alongside brothers and sisters who are struggling in sin, and you're walking through that with them. And there's times where, Jeremy, you know that you look back on a sermon, and as Charles Spurgeon said, you weep over them. <laughs> because you're like, oh, I just, I did not, and this is true every week, but there's certain weeks where you feel like, man, I did not teach God's word. Hmm. I did not articulate the truth nearly as well as I hoped hmm. or I wanted to for the benefit of the people you're preaching mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And um, there are difficult days as a pastor, but the return of Christ reminds me yeah. there is a great day coming. We will be with Christ our King yeah. forever yeah. in glory. So the return of Christ, I would say at this time, is a doctrine that uh, it buoys me up. Yeah, it just encourages me. It reassures me. Yeah, in the midst of ministry. Yeah, amen. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You weren't expecting that answer. No, were you? I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> You're looking at me like, wow, that's not what I was. I was, yeah, I was. You know, I was expecting the sovereignty of God, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, the grace of God, yeah. or something like that. But I mean, Christ's return. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I as I get older, Jeremy, I mean, I'm, I'm only 42, but as I get older, as my children grow older, I, I just become more expectant, more hmm. eager for Christ's return. Hmm. I mean, there is ministry to be done on the earth, yeah. but to think that we will enjoy God forever in glory, right. yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. And I'd love to experience that as soon as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you can't read Revelation 4, 5, mm-hmm, 7 mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just see the throne room of Christ and just not yeah. be like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I always, of course, think of Paul, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Yeah. Amen. And I think a lot of Christians fail to remember that our best life is not now. Right. Our best life is to come. Right. I mean, death for the believer 
is victory. Yeah. The ultimate victory, I yeah. would say. Yeah. So, yeah, the yeah. return of Christ, the king. Yeah. I can't wait for can't wait for that day. Yeah. I can't wait until that day takes place. Yeah. But of course, I may be gone before that day comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can we be praying for you guys as a church? What are mm. what are some things that we can we can be praying for you guys for? There's a couple things. So how many do I get to the list? You can list off. I'll, I'll give a, a couple. Gamut. I'll give a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a litany. Yeah. Yeah. We can exchange. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great way to put it. Um, I would say we live in a time where the church is very fickle. Hmm. And I pray that Memorial Bible Church as a whole, elders, pastors, staff, members, attenders, children, youth, adults, elderly, I pray across the board that we would be faithful to the Lord, mm. that by his grace, that we would be faithful to what he has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's to advance the gospel for his glory of his name, mm-hmm. to live for Christ and Christ alone. And I just want to see as many people in this valley and at Memorial Bible Church in Sun Valley and Otanum and every other church in this valley. Yeah. Yeah. Being faithful to the Lord. Yeah. I, I, we don't need gimmicks. We don't need strategies. Yeah. Let's just hold fast to the Lord. Let's continue to expositionally preach his word yeah. and see what the Lord does. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Faithfulness, Faithfulness, I would say, for Memorial Bible Church okay. as a whole. Okay. And then I always pray for Memorial Bible Church holiness. Okay. The, the danger for many Christians is, can I, or the question many Christians ask is this, can I be can I be a Christian, but how much can I look like the world while I'm like a Christian? Sure, um, sure. I worded that terribly, but you understood what I said. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was awful. I'm like, what? You know, wh- where's the line? Where yeah. can I buddy up? H- how much can I be like the world and still be a Christian, sure. which is a complete misunderstanding of what a Christian is. Sure. But we're called to be distinct. I think of Peter's words where he's quoting the Old Testament, Leviticus, I believe. Be holy yeah. as I am holy. Yeah. And I want the people of NBC to be holy. Yeah. I want us to be distinct. And that distinction, of course, is Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. I want us to be holy as he is holy mm-hmm. for his glory. Yeah. So I would say faithfulness and holiness yeah. are the two prayer requests that I would have as a pastor from a moral Bible church. Well, those are two great requests mm-hmm. to bring before the Lord, right? Yeah. Well, Nate, uh, thank you. For your faithfulness to the ministry there at Memorial Bible and coming and sharing your heart here at at Sun Valley. We appreciate you and your ministry there. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah. I'd love to do it again. Yeah. 2.0 someday. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get uh, uh, Zach and Matt out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We could have a big powwow. Yeah. Put Barbalitos in here too. (laughs) (laughs) Might be three hours long, but it'd be a great time. We'd be the only ones that have ever listened to it. But (laughs) yeah. Well, We appreciate you guys. Thank you very uh, much, Jeremy. Very much. And so, church, we love you. Uh, We we appreciate you, and we look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of Valley. Have a great day.